It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 214 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, October 24th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. We're also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, and the Locked On Network of Blogs on the FanRag Sports uh, NBA Network uh, and NFL as well. You can check out all the shows for all the teams across the NFL and NBA uh, and the corresponding blogs on the FanRag Sports Network. Uh, it's it's a really great partnership. Very excited about it. Uh, and check out my work on LockedOnRappers.com as well. I'm writing a little bit there, so make sure you're checking in there. Uh, you can also check in on iTunes and leave us ratings and reviews. I really appreciate anyone who takes the time. It's a wonderful thing for you to do, and it uh, takes no time at all and uh, i appreciate it very much all right on today's show i'm joined by hugo catano he writes for golden state of mind uh sp nation's uh golden state warriors blog at unstoppable baby on twitter and uh we had a good chat about the warriors and sort of warriors fandom and how it's it very much differs from a lot of teams i think in terms of being a fan and someone who writes about the team as well uh it's got to be kind of hard to write about a team that is just so unstoppably good but we got into it with Hugo, and we also talked about uh, tonight's game against the Warriors, got a little bit into what the Raptors are going to try to do, kind of overmatched a little bit in terms of size and in terms of you know not having a couple guys on the roster who are healthy, uh, and Lucas Nogueira and Jonas Valanciunas. Nogueira is a questionable, Valanciunas, no word just yet. I'm recording this on Tuesday night, so things could definitely change, but uh, it's uh, uncertain as to whether or not JV is going to play or, or Bebe, and that's going to leave the Raptors kind of short, and they're short on big wings, and this might be OG Ananobi's time to be amazing. I don't know. It's going to be tough. The Raptors are in tough against the Warriors. The Warriors make it tough on everybody because they're the Warriors. They're really freaking good. Uh, but anyway, uh, we talked about that with Hugo. Got into a whole bunch of different stuff. And make sure you're following Hugo at Hugo Catano on Twitter. Uh, it was a good chat. And hopefully we can have him on again down the line when the Raptors play the Warriors in the finals. Um, knock on wood. All right. Uh, before we get into the conversation, I want to tell you about a brand new sponsor for the podcast. And this one's exciting, guys. Uh, are you a fantasy basketball fan? If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try the new app, Draft. Uh, it's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league, except you don't have to commit yourself to a full season. It's one night. You uh, Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts just for one night, and there's no management, no waivers, nothing else like that. Just set it and forget it. Uh, once you're done drafting, that's it. You don't make trades. You don't make waiver wires. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part? You can play for cold hard cash. Yes, real actual money, something that I could definitely use. Uh, drafts start from just $1, and there's a draft for everyone. You can play $1 with 3 people. You can play 5 bucks with 10 people. You can play 5 bucks with 6 people. You can do a head-to-head matchup with someone for like 20 bucks if you want. There's a whole bunch of different ways to play, and, and you can find the kind that you prefer, the, the style that you prefer, the, the odds of you winning, and the, and the amount of payout and stuff. You can kind of find your sweet spot as to what you like. There's no salary caps. You play real live snake drafts just like you play with your friends in a season-long league, and it takes no time at all because these drafts are short. There's like a 30-second time 
time limit. Everyone's on there right away, and it goes really quick. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store. Uh, just a note for people in Canada right now, it is not available yet on Google Play, but you can just go to Draft.com on your computer and play there whenever you want. Uh, for a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code to do that. And the promo code is LO Raptors. That's LO Raptors, all one word. As in LO Raptors, that's right. You get to play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LO Raptors on your first deposit on draft. And going forward for the next little bit, every Wednesday on the Lockdown Podcast Network is going to be draft day. Uh, we're going to have drafts across the network. All the hosts are going to host drafts for their own, for listeners. And if you follow Locked On Fantasy on the draft app, once you've downloaded it and you want to follow somebody, uh, search in Locked On Fantasy. Once you're following them, there's going to be like a little draft that just reappears at the top of your feed every single time. Uh, there's, it's like a four-man draft, and as it fills up, it just recreates itself until everyone is satisfied and everyone is in a Locked On Fantasy draft. So you get to play with other hosts on the network as well. Uh, you can follow me. I'm at Locked On Sean on there and if you want to follow me up you'll see stuff that i'm created uh, that i've created and stuff that uh if you want to join a, a league with me on wednesday you can do that for sure so yeah once again download the app on the apple store uh once again not available on google play in canada just yet uh but you can go to draft.com if you have an android device uh and enter the promo code lo raptors when you sign up when you make your first deposit and you will get a free game and you can use that free game to play against me it's gonna be very exciting so so yeah once again tomorrow uh look for the league i've created once you follow me uh if you followed me on the draft app um you're gonna be able to join the league i've created and it's gonna be very exciting and we'll have a draft and it'll be fun uh, remember promo code LO Raptors on the app. All right, uh, let's get to the conversation now with Hugo Catano. A uh, good chat about the Warriors and the Raptors and Warriors fandom and all that fun stuff. Uh, so enjoy it. We'll be back again on Thursday with a recap of the Warriors game. Uh, I'm not going to be watching that one live because I'm at a concert, but I'll figure something out. I'll watch it the next day and, and do the podcast after that. Uh, until then, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. All right, joining me now on Lockdown Raptors to tee up the Raptors game against the Warriors tomorrow night in Oakland, uh, and to just talk about the Warriors in general from Unstoppable Baby. It's Hugo Katana. How you doing, man? Um, hi, I'm great. It's great to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on. Um, the Warriors are, I guess. First of all, I'm impressed that you are a Warriors writer. I'm impressed by any Warriors writer these days because I feel like they kind of defy analysis at this point. Like, how does it? How do you go about writing about the Warriors every day? Like, it seems like it, you would run out of things to talk about just because they're so much better than everyone else. Like, with the Raptors, you get games where Kyle Lowry goes th- 3 of 11 and people freak out over Kyle Lowry's play. Whereas the Warriors, like, it just seems even when things go poorly, it's like, yeah, they're, they're fine. They're the Warriors. They're going to figure it out. They're going to rattle off 10 in a row at some point soon. Like, how do you go about keeping it fresh every day? I think you just kind of have to get into the mindset of appreciating it all while it happens because mm. you know things happen um nothing is ever as to as sure as you think it is if you just think about like the 2016 finals and it's just great to you know just turn on the tv and then just watch the warriors play really well and of course people overreact to a lot of small things too don't get me wrong people <laughs> always get angry at steve kerr people get incensed about foul calls just like the normal type of things that any every fan you know deals with so it's in some ways it's a little bit different but in other ways it's just kind of just being a regular fan yeah i feel like it would have to as a fan you kind of have to get up in arms over some things just to kind of keep yourself sane and like i can imagine it would just like i I bet that 73 win season was probably like tiresome because because they were just so unstoppable and i feel like 
last year, maybe even like the start of this season. Like it must be interesting when they have like a one and two start and there's like actual issues to talk about, even though the issues are probably short lived. Like it must be interesting to at least have that to at least discuss for like yeah. a week at a time. As a, as a writer, it's definitely more interesting. As a fan, though, like. I don't think anything will top that 73-win season, just right. seeing like Steph Curry go off. And it seemed like they were beating the odds every game, whereas now it seems like, as a fan, they're not beating the odds every game. They're just fulfilling you know, what they're supposed to be doing. Right. And it kind of makes it a little bit stressful, too, as a fan. Like, if they, What if they lose? Like, I, I, it sounds stupid, but that's kind of, it's kind of stressful when they lose because... You know that people pile on you, and you know that you know the Warriors. The Warriors players, as as you probably have seen this season already, they they get upset when they lose. Right. Uh, Steph and Kevin Durant and Andrea Iguodala have all gotten in trouble so far, even though they're only you know they've only lost two games. So I think they really try and compete as hard as they can. Yeah, that's uh, that was my favorite thing about the '73 win season, where it really seemed like they were gunning for history because the opportunity was there, and I really appreciated that because. Uh, and I don't really buy into the whole like oh that tied into them losing in the finals like I think they lost in the finals because LeBron went insane um, and I don't think it has much bearing on what they did in the regular season but yeah it's uh, it's an interesting team to sort of just think about what the the process of being a fan is like with the Warriors like does every season kind of have a different like. I don't know, as a fan, is it like a different sort of feeling as you're watching each season? Like, you yeah. watching the 73-win season and how that felt uh, probably just unbelievable. I bet that first season, too, where they left, where they just kind of took off and won the title kind of out of nowhere, that must have been amazing, too. Is it, is it kind of a different feel for each season as you go along here in this run? Yeah, the the first season was out of, it was out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much when they won 67 wins that season, that was like, wow, this, this team probably can't get any better and then they did get better <laughs> and then they lost in the finals unlike the previous year and this this third year it's um the third year last year it was kind of a redemption season for them to like make up for the finals that they blew and also with kevin durant it was kind of his chance to redeem himself personally and for for now this season doesn't really have a narrative um a, a real you know a real juicy one so, and you can kind of see a little bit in their play, it might be overthinking it, but you can see that they're a little bit less prepared, a little bit less mentally um, into it in the, within the first four games. Mm-hmm. So maybe it could be one of those things where, you know, maybe this Warriors team wins uh, in the low 60s uh, for games this season. It could be kind of an off year for the regular season as as they've kind of grown into this mode of just preparing for the playoffs. Yeah, it's so, really hard to win all those games. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, no, no, yeah, sorry. It's, uh, it is hard to win all those games all those years in a row. So I can imagine if they wanted to win 62 this year, just because it's a little easier on them, I, I would understand that. Um, well, also, kind of what LeBron has been doing in the last like four years or so. Yeah. It's won in the, like, the 50s, low 50s even some years, but he's always been able to bring the team back up in the playoffs and get to the finals every year. So it could be that sort of thing for the Warriors. 
Yeah, I also feel like there's kind of a narrative growing, and maybe this happened uh, like with the LeBron series and, and when LeBron brought the Cavs back, and it kind of felt like LeBron became the hero when he had been kind of the villain for a long time and kind of the goat in terms of the finals over the course of his career. But I do feel like this is the season where like the Warriors become unlikable by like in in terms of like a wide swath of NBA Twitter and NBA fans like. It's already starting with, like, the Jordan Bell dunk last night, and I love that stuff. Like, that's my favorite. I, I don't even care if, like, Steph can throw his mouth guard at any ref he wants. It's kind of gross, but, like, I like that they're kind of embracing it. It seems at least like they are. Um, what was your thoughts on the uh, on the Jordan Bell dunk? Like, I am totally pro doing things that are against unwritten rules because unwritten rules are stupid, and I uh, I like fun, and that dunk was really fun, and I would I'm happier having seen it than not having seen it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I do like that kind of garbage time foolishness, that ridiculousness. It's just more fun, I think, mm-hmm. for the fans. And after all, like, who's gonna watch the game if it if it's garbage time? And if you're not, if you're gonna like sit there and when the game is pretty much already over, you might as well see something that's fun. But I do agree that the Warriors uh, are kind of becoming part of this villain narrative. In part because just there's, it seems like they're unstoppable at this point. And even though there's so much happening in the league around this year, so many stars have been on the move, and all sorts of teams have just changed their entire roster. Mm-hmm. It still think it still seems like they're a few years away from competing. Maybe it could be as close as one or two, but it also, you know, there's a chance that this goes on for like three or four years. And I think that that inevitability is like it's something that you can really hate if you're not a Warriors fan. I think it's fun too. Like I kind of look at the league over the course of like instead of viewing each season as its own separate thing, I kind of like to view it as like a multi-year sort of you know it, it, stories play out over over multiple years, and it's not just confined to one season. So like this Warriors thing. The longer it goes on, the more compelling it gets to me in terms of looking at who's maybe going to be able to topple him. And now you're looking at guys like, I don't know, is it Giannis and the Bucks who are going to be the next team that can bring yeah. them down? And like projecting a few years ahead. And the longer they stay at the top, the more amazing it's going to be when somebody eventually takes them down. And that's just as like a neutral fan. I don't really care if the Warriors win or not. Like I'm not against the Warriors. I don't hate like Durant for going there or anything like that. But I am excited for the day where they do eventually fall. I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, I think it would it'll be just give us the next couple of years. And in 2019, if they're destroyed, I'll be fine with that. <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's flip it towards the game that's taking place uh, tonight. Um, The Raptors are visiting the Warriors. They just lost to the Spurs on Monday, of course, and... I don't know, this road trip is always going to be hard, and I'm expecting a loss for the Raptors tonight. 
but the Warriors, I guess, like, if you're going to catch them, I guess, early in the season before, like you said, before they get themselves totally prepared and kind of sorted out, maybe this is the time to hit them. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league so far this season. I think they bumped themselves up on Monday night, but uh, they're currently the eighth worst defense in the league, giving up 106.7 points per 100 possessions. Of course, their offense is the best in the league because, duh. Um, but I don't know, what's been up with the defense so far for the Warriors? Is it just a matter of them just not trying all that hard? Has there been anything sort of tactically that's looked off to you? Is there any way that you think the Raptors can try to attack what, what's been ailing them so far? Yeah, I think I think it comes down to two things. One of them is just they're not disciplined enough. Hmm. They Even during the last game that they played, the Mavs, it was a blowout, but they gave up 38 points in the second quarter. They just haven't been able to sustain a full defensive effort um, for an entire 48 minutes. And I guess that's something that we shouldn't expect to last very much longer. Um, Ron Adams has mentioned that they're um, just a, just a step late on everything. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of against what the Warriors have always been about. They've always been trying to um, work super hard on the defensive end. So maybe the Raptors catch them sleeping this um, this game, but I don't think I think that at one point during the season it will end. Yeah, I think uh, the Warriors are prime for like a twenty-five game win streak at some point this season once <laughs> they get everything sorted out because their defense like there's no reason it shouldn't still be like a top two or three defense in the league. It's uh, like yeah. I don't know, the, the, nothing's changed. They just got better. Um, unless Nick Young is playing a whole bunch of minutes, which maybe he will, and maybe that hurts their defense. But I think overall they'll be fine. They had JaVale McGee in a bunch last season, and they were just fine. Um, the, the other big difference yeah. is that Curry and, Clay, Curry and Clay are getting into uh, foul trouble early. Right. And that's the thing that, you know, Lowry and DeRozan can really exploit because they're so they're they're so good offensively. Um, a lot of times Curry gets that quick second foul in the first quarter because he's, you know, he's trying so hard to, like, stay in front of his man because he's not as athletic as many of the other point guards in the league um clay sometimes too and when those rotations get messed up the warriors can be really like really terrible on both ends of the floor for like three minutes at a time Mm -hmm. and that's enough to change a game yeah for sure and it's kind of a weird matchup for the raptors uh you know norm powell starting at small forward and i think that's good for the overall health of the lineups they're running out there and the starting five and, and Norm Powell himself. I think he's better as a starter, but this is one of those matchups where it's going to be weird because he is so undersized. So he's going to be up against Kevin Durant. And I mean, Powell's had moments in the past where he's guarded guys like Kristaps Porzingis and Carmelo Anthony for small stretches and been okay. But over the course of a full game, I feel like Durant's probably going to go off in this game. Um, and it's a difficult matchup for the Raptors. I think maybe they're we're probably going to see them go super small quite a bit, I think, just to try to match what the, the Warriors do. And that's always a bad idea because the Warriors do what they do better than anyone else. But it might be the only option with Jonas Valanciunas out and maybe even Lucas Noguera out. I'm trying to like wrap my brain around what the lineups are going to be for the Raptors, and I just kind of come up with them being super undersized and kind of overmatched at every spot. Uh, so I think, especially in this game, where maybe guys like OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam one day will be the kind of guys that you can throw out into like a five-man unit to try to shut down the Warriors, but I don't think four games into OG's career and like 45 games into Pascal's career, uh, I don't think that's the time for it to happen. So I do think this is going to be kind of a blow. And I, I just the way the Raptors are set up, I just it seems like a real mismatch to me, at least in terms of like 
as as they are right now. I think down the road maybe they're a little bit more cut out, but I think right now it's just it's pretty obvious that the Warriors are are gonna just kind of roll over the Raptors in this one. Do you agree? Yeah, it seems like the the Raptors went through a lot of like roster revisions this this offseason, and mm. one thing that they really miss now is that type of three slash four combo forward. Mm. Uh, they had PJ Tucker. They I guess they had Damari Carroll, but now maybe CJ Miles is gonna be maybe their best defender on Kevin Durant or I don't I'm not even sure how that would work um he he's the one that size and I guess athleticism matches up but he's never been known as a super great defender Mm -hmm. so I guess it's going to be it's going to be tough to contain I guess it's always going to be tough to contain Kevin Durant but especially (laughs) so for this Raptors team yeah, um, I and with Bebe being potentially out, he started last night. Of course, uh, I uh, you know I guess the two options are if Bebe's out, you start Jakob Pertl and then have Pascal Siakam plays like the backup center, or you go small to start and go with Ibaka at the four. Uh, sorry, Ibaka at the five, and then maybe Miles or even OG at the four. I mean, this is a game where it's probably a schedule loss just in the middle of a long road trip against the Warriors in the first week of the season before you figured everything out. So why not just try some weird stuff out? I'm thinking is kind of my thoughts going into this. I'm not sure if Casey's going to want to sort of upset his rotation. The bench unit's been so good with OG coming in with DeLon and CJ Miles and and Yaka Pirtle so far. I'm not sure if he's going to want to shake it up. But, you know, why not try it? It's the Warriors. Like, try something bold and crazy and maybe it'll work. I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I could see Ibaka um, in at the five because Zaza isn't going to be any sort of threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, one subplot this season is that for the Warriors is that Zaza looks less and less effective. Um, maybe if they start Ibaka at center, though, they, they'll get out-rebounded by you know Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. But I don't know. It seems like it, you just got to pick your poison. Yeah, there's no real like smart or good way to attack the Warriors at this point. And yeah, the Raptors, without Jonas... I mean, Jonas has never really been on the floor for any sort of stretch of positive play against the Warriors anyway over the last couple of years. It's just one matchup he doesn't do so well in. But the rebounding thing is an issue. Uh, it's kind of crazy how important Jonas is to this team. That, you know, he, he was a guy that potentially you were going to drop in the offseason just to offload him. Whereas, like, now the Raptors can't rebound without him, and there's no real obvious sort of solution to it against a team like the Warriors. I don't know. You've, uh, you're in Toronto right now uh, for school. You said to me today when we were talking about this that the, the Raptors are kind of your second team now. What, what, have you, what have your thoughts been on the first three games? Are you kind of like the rest of us where, like, it's impossible to sort of glean anything from games against the Bulls and Sixers? Or is there anything that you've observed that you are sort of concerned by, intrigued by? What, have your, what are your early impressions on the Raptors? Um, it's interesting because this is kind of seen as like a transition year going going to mall, almost an entirely new bench unit mm-hmm. all young guys almost all on their rookie contracts except for CJ Mal and it seems to me that these young people they look good mm-hmm. and like yeah the Raptors maybe they'll win 50 games this year maybe they won't but it seems like you know two years down the line it seems like this could really grow into something that's you know better than what they had last season I, I could even see that um, maybe not it depends though um, if LeBron James leaves the Eastern Conference you know they could be the one seed next year and you know really compete for a spot in the finals who knows so it's like it I think it's a really interesting year so far 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a development year, but I also think the Raptors are in a rare position where they can develop while also being good at the same time. And I think, yeah, 2018-19 has always felt like the year where all of this window is kind of going to coalesce and the young guys will be that much further along and Kyle and Damar and Serge will still be in their primes, you would think, next season. And then, yeah, maybe LeBron's gone, and that would be helpful because it's uh, it's daunting. You talk about inevitability, and the Eastern Conference yeah. has its own version of that. Um, Hugo, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. This was great. Uh, where can people check out your work? Um, thank you again, Sean, for inviting me. Yeah, of um, So I work for I, I write for Golden State of Mind. It's the Warriors um, SB Nation blog. You can find me at uh, Hugo Kitano, H U G O K I T A N O, on Twitter. And um, I try to write a lot about what the Warriors are doing. So come check out my work. Yeah, Hugo does great work, so make sure you're checking him out. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again when the Raptors and Warriors square off down the line. Thank you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.